Have you ever Googled yourself? You know, typed your name into Google, hit enter, seen what comes up? It's something I do pretty regularly. It's because I know the information Google surfaces, the websites, photos, videos, articles, and so on, will help shape people's opinions of me. People I've never met. People I never might meet. Today, more and more people are using search engines to find doctors. They could search your name, or they could search something like Best Dentist Austin, Texas. Do you know what these prospective patients see when they find your practice? Do you even know if your practice shows up? That's the topic of today's podcast. Hi there, and welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast, the doctor's resource for marketing and managing a thriving healthcare practice. I'm Lisa Christie. It can take months or even years for a healthcare provider to build a strong online reputation. Many providers don't even bother with online reputation. This could be because they don't know how to start or because they think it's impossible to counter a handful of bad reviews written by a few dissatisfied former patients. Rock and roll legend Joan Jett didn't give a damn about her bad reputation, but local search marketing experts say healthcare providers definitely should. Joining me today to talk about this more are PatientPup Senior Manager of Customer Integrations, Reva Gindi, and PatientPup Manager of Customer Performance, Emmy Husmo. Ladies, thank you both for being with us. Thank you. It's great being here. Thanks for having us. Great. Okay, so Reva, let me start with you. What exactly is online reputation? So your online reputation is how you appear online to both prospective patients as well as search engines. We recognize that the front door of practices has really moved online. And as a result, your online reputation is essentially an extension of your practice. So when we think about an online reputation, we understand that it's impacted by several key factors. First, your average star rating across websites and the total number of reviews across the web, the frequency of reviews published on your site and on third-party publishers. Yeah, I mean, reviews and testimonials, they are beneficial outside of what we even talked about there, but also just even to your website. So they add valuable content. Um, and that content on your website, it influences ranking through improved relevance and prominence, which um, we'll probably talk about in a little bit. But for on-site testimonials, those reviews allow star ratings on your site to actually show up in search results. And then reviews across the web, so not on your website, but instead on those different publishing sites like Google, HealthGrades, things like that, they provide prominence to your business information in search engines. Um, again, they also create that relevant content. And with rich snippets, they allow star ratings to appear um, in results of you know, search results and things like that. So kind of in conclusion, not only does a well-managed reputation increase provider prominence in search results, but it also highly influences patients when they're choosing a provider. And it also uncovers some actionable feedback that can be directly used to improve practices. Okay. Uh, one thing I did kind of want to go back, Emmy, you mentioned rich snippets. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So rich snippets, um, it's a way for, you know, in Google search results, so if you have a search query, um, sometimes you see things like stars underneath the title tag of or, or kind of the title of your result. Um, and those rich snippets, um, Google's getting information from your website if it's marked up. So with PatientPop, we mark up all of our sites with schema. And because we're doing that, those rich snippets, those stars, they actually show up in your search results tied to your to your website results, but also tied to, again, those third-party websites. Um, and it really helps with click-through rate. Um, really, you know, if somebody's searching, checking out the review, you know, 
I'm searching for my doctor and I'm seeing all these results, seeing those stars, and especially if I'm seeing, you know, four or five stars with those results, um, can really help, you know, the patient make the decision to go with you as a customer, you as a, a doctor. Okay, got it. So what exactly does a well-managed reputation look like? Yeah, so when we talk about well-managed reputation, I know a lot of times when you talk about online reputation in general, we're talking about how do you get reviews? How do you get positive reviews online? And how it relates to you know, conversions online and your SEO. But what we also really want to remember is that asking for patients for feedback when and if an issue actually arises, you need to also make those changes to how your actual business runs to ensure that it gets resolved. So if you are seeing things like, for instance, you know, the front office staff, you know, maybe somebody didn't have a good interaction with them, or maybe billing was you know, messed up, whatever it is, it's not enough to just necessarily see that, maybe respond online. You also have to remember that these, this is feedback about your actual business, and it's important to take that back and actually make improvements to your business offline because that's going to impact you're online too. Okay, so here's a question that I'm sure a lot of healthcare providers are wanting to know the answer to. Does online reputation really affect whether prospective patients will choose one healthcare provider over another healthcare provider? Like does it is it really that important? So Surprisingly, it is. And we have some interesting facts that we'll share with you as to how important that can be. So, you know, as Emmy said, online reviews really provide valuable insight into how customers think about your business. And a well-managed reputation really does highly influence patients when they're choosing a provider. So when we looked at a recent survey, it showed that 84% of respondents actually use online reviews to evaluate a physician. And on top of that, 77 reported, 77% reported that they use reviews as their first step in finding a healthcare provider. Even further, 37% reported that they were wary of a provider with a negative reputation. And when we're looking at, you know, whether how patients choose a provider, almost 50% out of all the respondents to consumer survey reported that they would go to an out-of-network doctor with great reviews before seeing an in-network doctor who was reviewed less favorably, even if both doctors have the same qualifications. Oh, wow. So patients are even willing to pay more just to see exactly right. the better, or supposedly better doctor, the, better, the doctor that has the better online reputation. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we're thinking about patient and their experience, people don't want to have to waste time by potentially going to somebody that's going to have a bad experience. So being already, you know, having that feeling of confirmation that other people have had a positive experience with the provider can really influence their decision to go with one versus another. And I think that also goes to show not having any reviews can also impact you just as much maybe as negative reviews online, right? Okay, so say I'm a healthcare provider and for whatever reason I have not looked to see what my online reputation is, how would I go about finding out, you know, what people are saying about me online? Is it just, do I type in my name into Google and see what comes up or what is it? Absolutely. You know, Google's protective of exactly how they determine search rankings, um, but they do release some recommendations. And, and what they've shared with us is that local search rankings are primarily based on three factors, relevance, distance or proximity, and prominence. So when we're saying relevance, we're saying, you know, what's the best answer for that search query? What's most relevant, right? For distance or prominence, Google actually takes into account where the user is in comparison to the results that they're going to show. So, for instance, if I'm here, you know, we're in Los Angeles, we're in Santa Monica. When I do a search for a doctor, I'm going to see, you know, other doctors that are closer to Santa Monica, more so than somebody, you know, or another doctor maybe in the South Bay or in the Valley. And then finally, prominence. 
you know, how much information can Google find about a practice? Google's overall intention is that they want to represent what's happening in the real world, right? So when prominence, what they're, what they're doing there, they want to give results that are popular, right? That, you know, people have already showed that they like. So they have different signals. Reviews are one of them um, that really helps to show the prominence aspect. So we've been talking a lot about online reviews already. And to me, it seems like healthcare providers, like they don't really have control over what patients say about them online. Do they? Like, can they talk to their patients and say, hey, give me a positive review or, hey, patient who wrote me a negative review, like take that down. Like, how does that, how does that work? It's a really good question. And again, while we can't control everything that patients write about you online, the best thing to do is just to be prepared to address any issues that arise. And a lot of times patients will equate a positive experience with quality. Mm-hmm. Studies show, you know, in a wide range of medical specialties that, you know, when patients are shown courtesy and care and concern, patients are really more likely to be loyal and compliant. You know, and a few changes in the communication process can lead to a better outcome for everyone. And just providing, you know, making sure that the office is providing exceptional service to your patients. And that really goes a long way. And, you know, and we'll talk about this in a little bit more detail, too. But, you know, the interesting thing is that it's actually been shown that a perfect five-star rating isn't the most effective for getting patients. Perfect reviews can actually cause doubt about the validity and authenticity of reviews. Yeah. A study by Power Reviews at Northwestern University actually showed that an average rating of 4.2 to 4.5 is the most trustworthy, and it actually increases the likelihood of a conversion. So again, if somebody is going to do a search and they only see, you know, 100, you know, five-star reviews, they might just dismiss that listing altogether or that business altogether because they just don't trust. They think maybe they're spamming. Um, and again, you know, some negative reviews can actually help you. Okay, so instead of fake news, it's fake reviews. Exactly. Or at least that's what people <laughs> are thinking. Yeah, and I mean, again, me as, as a consumer out there, I actually totally trust this. When I go to, you know, when I do my own searches and I see that, I feel the same way. I'm skeptical of, you know, something that's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. So we did mention negative reviews. So yes, they can be beneficial a little bit because they bring that star rating into a a more desirable range, the 4.2 to 4.5. But, you know, no one likes negative reviews. No one wants to hear people complain about their business or the care or the uh, customer service that they received at their practice. So if a provider gets a negative review from a patient, what do you advise they do? So I think it's it's actually a little bit of a mindset shift. And we can think of a negative review as actually an opportunity to connect with a patient and make them feel better about choosing your practice as their source of care. You know, your attention when responding to their concerns can really help keep a strong reputation intact and even turn a potential negative review into a positive one. So when we're looking at, you know, the best preparation for negative feedback is really to have a process ready to go. So you can always modify the you know, particulars based on your schedule or specialty and practice size, but there's three things that I, I want to quickly highlight, too, that we really recommend that you follow. And the first is to be prompt. You know, if a negative review can damage your reputation, consider the fallout. You know, if you wait to respond to that feedback or if you actually don't even respond at all. So assuming you, know, you have a reputation management process in place and you're kind of quickly alerted to negative reviews, and we'll talk about how you can keep yourself you know, up to date about reviews that are being left about your practice, but, you know, make sure it's, it's really important to act swiftly. And after you understand the issue and how you want to address it, respond directly to the patient within about 24 hours. And then second, we want to be succinct. You know, we want to be short and sweet and make sure your response gets to the point 
but also specifically focusing on the reviewer's concerns. You know, let them know that they're being heard. Remember to thank the patient for their feedback. You know, part of that is also ensuring that you understand their concern or frustration, making it a chat priority. And then, you know, make sure your response is also unique to their situation. You can always offer to call the patient directly to discuss and resolve the issue. The third thing, you know, in being in healthcare, we really, really want to be cognizant of being careful. So when we're communicating with patients, you know, keep in mind that, you know, we don't want to admit fault or ignore HIPAA guidelines, but, you know, admitting fault or apologizing for treatment or care or diagnosis can sometimes be construed as malpractice. So we really want to make sure that you're, you know, sincere and helpful, but, you know, even if a patient is mentioning their own health information within a review, healthcare providers are still bound, bound by HIPAA. And I, I really love what Reba was saying here about, you know, just really being prepared for negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everybody, this is for everybody, even, you know, the best practices with the best reputation. If you already have that process ready to go, if you do get a negative reputation, it's not going to be as devastating. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's not going to be as as hard to handle, mm-hmm. you know, positive reviews, negative reviews, how you're going to be getting reviews. It needs to be part of your business strategy. And we actually have a ton of great articles in the Help Center that sp- speaks directly to this. We, we know that it can be kind of scary and you know when it comes to how to respond to negative review, and we have some great tips in there. Great, and that's help.patientpop.com? It sure is. Perfect. Um, one thing I did want to ask you guys is, Reva, I think you mentioned you know kind of turning a negative review into a positive review. I know if I think about you know products I've bought on Amazon, I have the opportunity to kind of go back and edit my review if, you know, maybe I thought the customer service was terrible, but then the customer service was great and I can update and give them more stars. Have you ever seen that happen for healthcare providers? Have you ever seen patients go back and say, you know, Dr. Smith reached out to me and we resolved this quickly and I'm so appreciative of that and they update the star ranking? Absolutely. And again, I think that that can be even more impactful mm-hmm. to potential future uh, patients to see, uh, you know, a negative review the response from the business owner from the practice and then seeing somebody actually um, go back and, and improve, you know, their, their review. I think that can be really impactful sure, because most often the reviewer will point out and say, I hated this, but now I love it. You know, they're, that's the first thing that they'll always say is I gave it a negative review, but now it's a positive. Okay, great. So here's the question, the million dollar question that healthcare providers want to know, how do they get more on their online reviews? Is it as simple as just saying at the end of every appointment, Hey, patient, Make sure you give me a positive online review. Like, what can they do to get more reviews? So there's definitely a couple different things that practices can do. I think, you know, online reviews and social media sharing are are really the norm these days. So instead of feeling intimidated or, you know, not sure how to approach it, because, again, it is it can be kind of an uncomfortable process to ask somebody Mm -hmm. for a review of your care for a very, you know, intimate kind of healthcare related needs. So that's that can be tricky, too. And instead of feeling intimidated, you really think of it as another tool at your disposal. So, you know, we can absolutely say that, you know, during appointments, regularly ask patients and encourage them to provide feedback. You know, and if a patient thanks you in person or tells you how you've helped them, ask if they'd be willing to take a few minutes to share it in an online review. You know, and I think it's, well, right after patients leave a visit, it's always a really nice opportunity to follow up by email, even, you know, for that kind of post-appointment feedback to ask for that, to include links to reputable review publishers. Just make it easy for patients to to provide that feedback externally too. 
And if you, you know, you can also include these review requests and appointment reminders or even in the mail, you know, or, you know, again, kind of same thing, like just simply as a patient's walking out the door. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to improve your online reputation, it's it's getting in that habit of actively asking for feedback. And, you know, again, we've talked about ideas for even posting a sign at checkout, <laughs> um, you know, personally, like we've talked about asking patients and then, you know, sending those, those feedback requests to offer a visit. So, so really don't be intimidated. Just go ask them. And more often than not, they'll oblige. They'll... Absolutely. And as Emmy was saying, it's, you know, it's so common for patients to look for those reviews that, you know, let them be the ones to provide that helpful feedback to others that they've been in that same situation before too. Got it. Great. Um, so, what are some other ways? I mean, we've we've talked a lot about online reviews. It's really been the lion's share of our conversation today. But what are some other ways other than asking for and responding to online reviews that a healthcare provider can improve their online reputation? Yeah. So what we really, you know, recommend is just taking a really proactive approach. Sometimes, you know, when I've worked with our customers, they've said, delete my Yelp, delete my Google. I don't even, I don't even want one out there that people can leave reviews on. But that's not actually that realistic because unfortunately anybody can suggest to create a listing. Mm -hmm. So let's say you delete one or you remove it or whatever else. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it's not going to pop right back up. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking a passive approach or just trying to avoid it, we really recommend taking that proactive approach, claiming your online listings, make sure that you're verifying Um, that you're listed as the practice owner on your profile, making sure that just your name, your address, your phone number, your NAP information is accurate, your website is accurate. How awful is it if somebody already has the intention to convert, they try to contact you and it's incorrect. Mm -hmm. You know, you've lost somebody that could have converted. Actually, I I had some stats that I I thought were really interesting. 10% of consumers who read a positive review will immediately contact a business, right? So you need to make sure that your phone number or, you know, your website are accurate so they can actually do that. Um, Another one is 37% will visit the business's website before they do anything else, right? Again, they want to be, they want to know that these um, ideas that they have about the practice, they think that it's going to be good, that it's validated through a positive experience on that website. Got it. Great. Okay. So let's go back to the example. I'm a healthcare provider. I've Googled my name. I see what my online reputation is now. I'm now proactively reaching out to my patients to give me this positive online feedback. How do I go about monitoring it from now on? Like, how do I stay on top of my online reputation? Yeah. So besides just the solution that PatientPop offers, I mean, we have a reputation monitoring aspect. Um, There are other ways that you can, you know, continuously monitor your reputation online. Uh, Reva, I know that you have some some good ideas. Yeah. So again, there's definitely some, some steps we can take. So we want to make sure that it's just a, you know, consistent process for, for monitoring that it's really important, but you know, every week or so check the rating sites to see if, you know, any patients have, you know, left a review, whether it's positive or negative, but you know, we always want to highlight championing positive reviews as well too. Those always, you know, it's always nice and, and helpful to, to see what patients think you're doing right. Don't keep quiet. If you see a negative review on your site, again, we should always respond, you know, courteous, informative explanation. And the last thing is really just be proactive. So your staff should be trained on what type of problems to look for and also start start monitoring and reporting issues and, you know, making sure that you have a central source at your practice for that individual follow-up. Mm-hmm. And the follow-up, you know, again, it may take form of a, a call or a letter, letter or even just an additional office visit. Yeah, and, you know, Online reputation is not going to go away. If anything, it's going to become even more and more important. So 
again, it's, it's going to be part of your, your business. You know, mm-hmm. this is a core aspect. We definitely recommend both on and offline, just really making sure you have a strategy, you know, procedures in place to really handle it. It's, if you have that already, you know, then when you get those negative reviews, it's going to be an easy thing to respond to, not, you know, a crisis or anything like that. So definitely, you know, take it by, by the horns and, and be <laughs> proactive. Excellent. Well, ladies, thank you so much. I found this very enlightening. Um, I hope that the audience found it very enlightening. Until next time. Thank you so much. Thanks. The Practice Growth Podcast is brought to you by PatientPop. PatientPop enhances and automates each touchpoint in the patient journey, from first impression online to digital booking to post-appointment follow-up. With PatientPop, healthcare providers can attract more patients, manage their online reputation, modernize the patient experience, and automate the front office. For more information, visit patientpop.com.